Want to discover leading strategies, share experiences and connect with fellow consultancy leaders from companies like EY, PwC or Porsche Consulting? Then join us in Munich for the Leaders in Consulting Conference on the 27th of June, a one-day event exclusively for consultancy leaders like you. Places are limited, so head to leadersinconsulting.com to claim your ticket now. That's leadersinconsulting.com. See you there. I never thought that due to the fact that I'm a woman, there would be something which I couldn't get, really. Um, and then um, I, uh, indeed, I founded a family and here again, I was like, no, 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 my, I, I, I always go if you want for um, the maximum requirement. It's, all, it's like if you go into a negotiation, if you start with a compromise position, you will never get what you want so uh, you, you have to take the maximum requirement and when I when I got pregnant um, I mean I just told my leadership look I will leave I will be off for eight months um, but uh, don't think that I want to cut something out of the fact that I want to have um, a work life where I can live up to my aspiration where I can have challenging and interesting content where I can develop myself further, don't ever think that. Welcome to the Leaders in Consulting podcast, part of the Leaders in Consulting community, where thought leaders from the world's top consultancies come together to learn, network and get inspired. If you are a partner or a managing director of a consultancy, don't miss this year's Leaders in Consulting conference in Munich on the 20th of April. There you'll hear unique insights from companies like PwC, Bearing Point and EY. And you will be able to connect to top leaders of other consulting companies. Simply head over to leadersinconsulting.com to get your tickets. Today, Melanie Tobler joins us. She's partner at Bearing Point. Melanie, welcome to our show. Thanks. So first question um, for anyone who doesn't know Bearing Point yet. Um, what, what is your company doing? So... Um, Bearing Point is an independent management and technology consultancy. Um, we are European-based, but we have global reach. So what we're doing is we're supporting with business consulting services, leading businesses um, and organization um, last year in 75 countries. Um, and we have uh, three focused business units and one joint venture, which is under our roof. So we have like consulting, which is consultancy services, classic products where we provide SaaS solutions to our customers, capital, which is our M&A business, and um, the joint venture with IFS, which is named ArcWide. Mm -hmm. Very good. Super interesting. And um, what is your job at your company? Um, so I'm partner in automotive, industrial equipment and manufacturing. And within that role, I'm leading a team um, of uh, consultants with a strong background in the, in the automotive industry. Um, and I'm firm-wide responsible as a key account partner for our client BMW, which is a global responsibility uh, indeed. And in, in that role, I animate, coordinate um, the exchange of our expertise and as well client activities um, amongst the relevant practices where we do have automotive um, expertise and we do serve our customer. Um, 
in addition to that, it um, could could be named at on top, but actually this, this is uh, where I have my heart in it as well, is that I'm leading our firm-wide DEA initiatives for our management committee. Um, and notably... What, what, sorry to interrupt, but what does DEA mean? What is the abbreviation DEA? standing for? Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. So, um, and in, in that role, um, I notably focus on our strategic goal to enhance uh, shares of female employees across the firm and notably in leadership positions. Okay, we will talk about that in depth a little bit later. We can. Um, <laughs> can you give me a proxy for the size and growth of your company? Final numbers for 2022 are not out yet, uh, as you imagine. Um, but in 2021, we had a total revenue of um, 738 million euros and almost 4,300 employees. And indeed, 2022 was a really strong year and we grew above the market. Um, but as stated, final numbers are not out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, markets... Um... I don't know the exact numbers, but when I talk to partners of consulting companies, it's at least 10, 10 to 15% market growth. So if you grew above mm -hmm. market, that's at this size, um, tremendous. Yeah. Congrats to that one. Thanks. Very good. I will um, pass the message. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, you already talked about your ideal, like um, for, for your specific role, what, what you're targeting. It's in the automotive industry. Do you mainly focus on BMW or do you generally also um, want to acquire and, and look for, for companies in the automotive sector that you can help personally now as a partner there? Um, then we have to look a bit more into the structure. I mean, my like personal objective is indeed to grow our business with, with BMW. But um, when we consider the consulting needs within BMW, we must consider general needs of our OEMs. So indeed, I am in strong exchange um, with uh, other partner teams, other expertise owners, which do deliver services um, to other OEMs. And we do serve all big European OEMs, um, for sure. Um, and this is part of like um, my role to pull expertise out of our organization to bring it to BMW, but as well to exchange with them on a regular basis to see, like to call into the organization to see how we can serve specific raising needs for my customer. And, and, and this all gets like a collaboration and a continuous exchange. And this is my role as well, for sure. Mm -hmm. Very good. And um Well, I, I usually I ask the question um, how big the project is or on average, but if you serve BMW, it's probably quite big what you're managing, I would assume. Yes, but again, here it depends. I mean, we do have um, smaller projects with a specific mm -hmm. business expertise where there could be like one or two employees um, being on it. And then you can have really big projects um, where you where you stuff more than 30 uh, employees and uh, where mm -hmm. indeed you can multiply and get to a certain amount. Um, so you, you can see how, how big it can get. But mm -hmm. it really depends on the specific need. Mm -hmm. 
How, how big is roughly the automotive practice at, at your company? Or how big is your team, whatever you want and can answer? Let, let's say from our client portfolio, um, the biggest um, industry is everything around government and, and public sector. So with the, with the spends in the last year, this is uh, quite relevant. But then directly afterwards, there is automotive, industrial equipment and manufacturing. Um, but if you, if you consider um, the business that, that we're doing um, with BMW, to give you an idea, last year, it is, was our top three client. Mm -hmm. And number one and number two have been governments. Yeah. Okay. So uh, just, just ranking directly afterwards. Um, but generally speaking, we really have a balanced client portfolio. So this mm -hmm. makes our business as such really resilient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I assume also interesting for people who want to work with you so they're not stuck uh, with one client forever. They can move around a little bit. Oh, yes, sure. I mean, um, and, and, and um, I don't want to say they have to. But um, for sure, we, we I'm looking into building a, a team who has a really strong client insight out of my client. And we talk about people business. So um, it, it is like it is human. Yeah, people get attached to one another and they work together in projects. There is an overall objective to have people who are um, in their comfort zone with the client, who know how things are ticking and to understand the organization. And like for clients, it's almost the same as for humans. They have their own psyche. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a person as such and a way of functioning. Mm -hmm. But if I want, um, on the one hand, um, develop my people and as well follow their interests and motivations in growing in terms of expertise and growing in terms of responsibilities, there is a need to bring them on other projects. There is the need to bring them to other clients because they want to have that diversity in their work. So this is what, what you look for when you go to a consultancy as such. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, um, for, for the client perspective, it is always interesting to have people who are not having, you know, that, that just that inner view of one client, but who can relate to challenges um, of direct competitors, who mm. understand what could be leading practices. And this is only possible if you have like a diversity of, of assignments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Um, so I started out um, in, in a smaller consultancy um, when I started my, my working journey a long time ago. Oh my God was 2006 and um it's not that far i started in 2007 yeah but you look much younger than i do um <laughs> <laughs> but um in the end what what led me to not uh, pursuing like a, a career in, in consulting was the, the lack of, of optionality to um to become a partner who is really owning a share of um of a company mm -hmm. um And not every consultancy um, offers this. So how is it at, at bearing point? If when once you achieve the level of partner, is it like a real equity partnership or is it different with you? I mean, it depends what you mean by real. But yes, we are an equity partnership. So I am owning a part of the company. Yeah? And the company today is owned by 184 partners. 
we all have an equal voice independent of our amount of shares, independent of our area of responsibilities. And with this voice, we really have an impact. So we vote on options for the future of our company, how we want to execute strategy, for instance, uh, and the directions we want to go. Um, for sure, I mean, all, all the day-to-day -day decisions are not subject to a partner vote. I mean, we, we have a management committee. They have delegated power. Um, when you right now, Sami, you want to join um, Bearing Point with your expertise with a team or something like that, most probably you would start um, as a non-equity partner. So this is what classically we would do um, when we bring in people from, from the outside at that level. But then after a certain period, they can present a case. You could present a case and... Um, and uh, All partners then again vote on the fact whether they want you, Sami, to be an equity partner, um, to be part of the team really steering that company. And uh, in terms of this vote, does it have to be unanimous un or is it like a majority vote or how many of, 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 of the partners have to say yes if someone wants to, just out of curiosity, um, um, how many have to say yes if you, if you know it by heart? I actually do not know it by heart. It is for sure majority, but um, I mean, most of the time, anyhow, there is a yes or a no. So you are in an absolute majority situation. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good. And um, now that that you're owning a part of the company as a partner, um, how how are you incentivized? Uh, does everyone fight for his own? P&L, so to say, and uh, you get a bonus depending on how well you are doing as a person, or is it more as you are incentivized as how the whole company is doing, or is it a mix of both? It is a mix. Um, so there is 50% which goes on team goals. So what is a team? A team could be like an industry. Yes, for me, in my case, it's automotive, um, and industrial equipment and manufacturing. So we have an overall team goal and everybody's paying into that goal. If we achieve that, um, the, the, you are incentivized personally. And, and the other half is not quantitative as those team goals, but it's qualitative. So you have different, different vectors, different angles, um, where you define with your responsible partner because we as well have the right to have leadership for sure <laughs> so you, you define for every year on the vector like market um, portfolio people what are your targets what are your objectives for the year and this is the other part of it so this is more personal but this is this is not in in numbers yeah even though you could have in that market view like for me for instance having objectives on the growth of our business with the BMW key account. But even to achieve this, I need to pay into a team. I need to rely on a team um, concerning, as I said it before, like the exchange of expertise or the pull of expertise that you need there. Yeah. Um, and, and what is your, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit biased when I ask this question, but I still want to ask it. Um, what is your feeling? Is, is this whole structure working in, in favor or do you see other options that could also work well in a partnership, let, let, like equity partnership, so to say? 
in terms of incentivizing the people? Um, not not really. I mean, I don't know if this is a, a satisfying answer, but um, if you do not go for team goals, I mean, what, what is the key for growth in a consultancy? The, the key for growth is um, to be an enabler for other partners with their expertise to bring to your industry or your client and on the other side to take your client's needs into an organization and identify how you best serve them. And I mean, um, we have to make one thing clear. Nobody knows it all. No team can deliver it all. This is, I mean, besides if you say the hypothesis is you have every expertise, every required expertise in your team. Well, then I would say yes, but this is just not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely a, a better solution than the usual um, uh, eat what you kill. So uh, in, in many also smaller companies, um, you you get incentivized by what you personally sell. And um, and that sometimes leads to the, the wrong incentives of basically on the one hand accepting every project because even if you're not the perfect partner executing it, you only get the money if you execute it. So you don't have this try to get in the best expertise uh, from your colleagues. And um, and on the other hand, you, you're not working collaboratively. And if it feels like the, what you're saying is exactly um, enhancing the, um, the, the, on the one hand, thinking in, in terms of what's the best for my client. If you think only about growing your cake, what, what you get is much less than if your objective is to grow the cake overall. Because you are not like nobody is an island. How can you imagine that you will deliver big projects, long-term projects, without having on their employees out of other teams? Then you would be a known consultancy, and then you would be a boutique consultancy with a specific focus. And then growth is kept by the fact that you are just specialized on one thing. Yeah, well, um, I agree, um, but there are still a lot of companies doing it this way. And that's capping their growth, I think. Um, so, and yeah. actually, it's not nice. I mean, it's uh, it, 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 teaming wise, it's it's not cool if you go yeah. out there to the office and the only thing is uh, to. I mean, you need to spend so much energy to defend your stake, it, yes, and exactly. the energy doesn't go to the client, neither to your people. Huh? So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, so nice. uh, there, and and you. And you also have a different kind of uh, mindset and people that you then um, get into your company because there are some people who are sharks, which is absolutely fine. I mean, in some industries or in some companies, that's fine if you are like a hunter and you want to hunt and you want to eat what you kill, and that's absolutely good. But if you want to grow a consultancy really big, uh, like uh, Bearing Point, I mean, it's not small, um, and want to keep growing, uh, this collaborative approach seems to be the absolute right way to go. And um, it seems like it is fun, uh, as you describe it. It is. I mean, we do have our arguments, for sure. If you start discussing about, can I take X, Y, Z onto that project because he's the absolute expert and the other partner tells you, well, I know I need him or she in, in, in my uh, project myself, then you start 
you know, argumenting for sure. Um, but but this is it's normal. I mean, there is yeah, no yeah. how do you say in, in English, there is no warmth without friction, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Um, so going back to to the question of um I understand that you have a global leadership, um, but on key points you also align and vote as partners. Um so how is the I would assume strategy is one of those key points that you align on um, as partners. Is this correct? Or maybe to ask more openly, what are the key points that you really vote on? Okay. Um, I mean, it all concerns the future of the firm as such. So like those, those directions that we are taking. So this is, this is a subject to vote. Um, and indeed, if you do have changes in, in the structure, yeah, like partner structure, share structure, whatever, um, like the, the rules, how we work together. Um, but if you look at, if we take the example of, of, of strategy, yeah, so, so our strategy currently is our strategy 2025, and it has been developed in 2019 by our management committee and indeed voted by all partners. Mm -hmm. Then if you look into how is that executed, so the execution is indeed defined and readjusted by the partners in like say extended leadership teams. So you need to break that down, industry leads, um, service line leads, and, and they see how, how they can drill it down or as well in the practices if you look at aspects of global reach like growth in a specific area or something so indeed this is then more like a regional lead who needs to who needs to execute but this is discussed and aligned so we do not vote on the fact that one practice leader is doing one thing or another thing so this is delegated uh, responsibility but we align on that and 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 discuss if this is is one way is the right way or maybe maybe something different. So, um, but in the end, every single partner has his or her share in executing that strategy on the different aspects. Yeah. Okay, very good. I think now we have a pretty clear picture on how you work on a partner level and how you um, collaborate and um, also define and execute strategy. Um, and that's really nice because usually you don't hear about that or you can, it's not easy to find it online and read about it, how that works. So thanks for sharing. Um, and I, honestly, I, I personally think even for attracting employees, it's important to show the end game, so to say. So if I'm really successful and I like the company, I stay there for a longer time and I want to become a partner, how would it be? Is it even something that I like? Uh, is it something where I would invest my life or a bigger portion of my working life at least into? Yeah. So I think that's that's interesting to be more transparent um, about that one. And um, a totally different topic where um, um, I'm really seeing a big gap for most consultancies um, is the whole part of women in consultancies. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's, I mean, 50-50 roughly is the population. But if you look on in consultancies, the higher you go on the level, even entry level, it's, I don't know if it's 50-50 at your company, but um, yeah. the higher you go, the, 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 the fewer they become. And how many female partners do you have right now? Equity partners, if you know it roughly in percentage or number? 
Okay, 30%, that's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 good, but there's uh, room for growth, so to oh, say. Oh, there is always <laughs> potential. Yeah, for sure. We actually have, when we look at numbers, three KPIs that we are that we want to achieve. And um, in the partnership, this is a share of 20% of females. And for like the organization as such, across all levels, excluding partners, so client-facing stuff, we want to achieve 40%. Um, wow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Where are you now? Where are you now? Um, I can't... Uh, uh, yeah, I can't tell for firm-wide in um, 2021, mm -hmm. we have been 33% okay. female employees, excluding mm -hmm. partners. Yeah, mm -hmm. And in, in, in GSA, so Germany, Switzerland, Austria, it's, it's a bit less with, with 30%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in, in your opinion... Is, is this a big level for growth um, also for your company if you are able to change something so that you um, are able to attract more women, keep women longer, and even promote them into partnerships? So is this something where you personally say this uh, this is uh, really also a strategic goal and not just a marketing thing? Oh, I mean, it is a strategic goal within bearing point. And I think it's the right strategic goal because – What does cap growth in the market today? It is actually not the fact that we are not winning businesses or projects. It is the fact that we need to have the capability to win enough talent. Um, and as we have that uh, strategic priority, um, which is actually as well um, formulated, let's say, a bit broader around people with like putting people in the center of everything. Yeah. Um, we, we are actually pursuing the right things. We are running behind the right goal uh, in, in, in my eyes, um, because indeed um, you have out there 50% of potential female talents. And, and if you look at like um Uh, university diploma, the share of females is has outgrown the share of male. Maybe not in, in like the classic mint uh, subjects where it is it is less, but we are not we are a management and technology consultancy. We but we are not only recruiting out of out of mint, but we are recruiting as well out of like the classical um economic studies like me for instance i did studies in international management um and 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 here there there is there is the potential and um if we do not take that into consideration in terms of attracting employees um then we lose a massive potential of hiring the right talent for our company yeah definitely mm -hmm. yeah um And what what are your main levers right now to change that? Um, or maybe let's start instead of levers. What are the reasons that there is a low percentage? And it's not only bearing point. Yeah, it's like um, the whole industry has a problem uh, in terms of attracting and keeping uh, women. So why do you think is this problem like so persistent and so few companies have tackled it and even successfully 
solved it up to now. Hmm. So I think, um, and and actually studies prove that um, we we are or why why females leave a company at a certain moment in time or are not attracted by a company. I mean, here consultancy as well is like a traditionally male dominated corporate culture. It's named. It is about omnipresence, omnipotence, be, being there, being available, having that all time, you know, and, and a certain, let's say, orientation to accelerate a career, um, etc. So this is this is where we are coming from. Um, but if we if we want to um, achieve diverse leadership or um, or let's say having a, a higher share of females in a company, we need to be able to show them that we can accommodate. So um, we need to find a way how to normalize careers, career curves, which are not classically male, yeah, where you have like, you start in your 20s and like everything is kind of moving in parallel between male and female. And what, what we see is that actually female are even a bit outperforming in that in that area. And when people start thinking about family, thinking about, you know, what, what's the next step in my life? And they see that leadership and the careers that you do in a certain company or in a certain industry um, doesn't accept any absence, part-time, is really structured around people where, let's say, care work, private care work, is done by somebody else to enable that omnipresence and omnipotence for the one who is in a leadership position. So we need to enforce and strengthen um, our capability to support those female career curves, which are indeed um, qualified by absences and part-times. And um, we need, generally speaking, be able to accompany our employees' life needs yeah, when it comes to family and care work as such. Because I, if we look at today, um, Germany, where indeed I think the numbers are like 60 to 70 percent of care work, private care work is still done by the woman in the couple. But this is meant to change. So we see the trends right now. This is one of the mega trends that you have in society. And more and more men and fathers do want to have an active part, take their role, take their stake in their families, want to be present, um, don't want to be that um, solely bringing home the money person. Um, and if we want to be sustainable in our business growth, in our development of our company, and again here, not being kept by hiring the right telling and keeping them, because once you build them, you want to keep them, they have expertise. Um, we need to do that. 
we, we definitely need to accept those career curves. We need not only accepting them, supporting them, and then living it up to, I mean, being in a leadership position and living it and, uh, and having that flexibility um, is, is key, I think. Absolutely. So I, I like the whole approach and it seems so natural that uh, thinking about it, um, looking at the, 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 the life um, um, journey that, that one has and what, uh, what you could potentially do to include other life journeys uh, into, into a career path at your company. And um, what what I also when when I talk to uh, leaders of consultancies, uh, they they most of the time also mention the one point that you mentioned the the culture that yeah you can talk about it you can put it in paper and yeah everybody says I want to drive up uh, female participation, but in the end uh, partners is purely male um, and. Um, Even in the, the meetups that we do here in Munich for the leaders in consulting, they always say, Sammy, why are there so few women? And I say, I want to have more, but I mean, there's so few that I can invite, you know, and of the few that I invite, I mean, the participation rate is the same as for the males. That's natural that we don't have as many. Um, and um, so there is, there is more awareness and they would like to have more, but uh, when you... Uh, like have to grab your own nose and change something in your own company, many yeah. still hesitate. And uh, so the, the nice thing here is you are a woman in a leadership position. And what, what would interest me before we go into like more detail on how you execute that at, at bearing point, what was your path and, and your life path and how did it, how did you end up in the end being a woman? And I think you also have family. How, how was it possible for you to, to go that path at bearing point and to end up there in a leadership position and still, like work, everything, private life and, and your, your professional life. Hmm. Um, I have to admit, like, really, I, I had that classical curve that I explained. I've never asked myself the question whether or why I should not obtain something or reach something just for the fact of being a woman. I, I actually, during my 20s, always thought, oh, we are in that post Uh, feminist, uh, post-emancipation. <laughs> you were, you were an optimist. <laughs> oh, no, I, I really, I grew up like that. I never thought yeah. that due to the fact that I'm a woman, there would be something which I, I couldn't get, really. Um, and then um, I, uh, indeed, I founded a family. And here again, I was like, no, no, no. My, I, I, I always go, if you want, for um, the maximum requirement. It's, all, it's like if you go into a negotiation, if you start with a compromise position, you will never get what you want. So uh, you, you have to take the maximum requirement. And when I when I got pregnant, um, I mean, I just told my leadership, look, I will leave. I will be off for eight months. Um, but uh, don't think that I want to cut something out of the fact that I want to have um, a work life where I can live up to my aspiration, where I can have challenging and interesting content, where I can develop myself further don't ever think that yeah um uh, and indeed you i as well got some let's say diverse feedback i mean there were people telling me oh you know 
my wife, um, before she got pregnant, she was a leader of department in XYZ. And then afterwards, she as well switched priorities. And I was just like, are you talking about your wife or are you talking about me? You know, what, what's the point? Um, and, uh, and then I came back and um, I actually thought I was senior manager at that time. I thought, oh, well, this is a kind of a lost year. Yeah, I'm, I'm off eight months. There will nothing happen. I won't be directly back in the game. I will start working at 75%. So getting, getting slowly into the thing and being able to manage my life private life and, and work life. And it was actually, my daughter was four months old. I got a call from my, um, from my partner who said, well, by the way, um, I have uh, proposed you for our uh, partner track. So you are, you're in the assessment, you're on the track. And I was like falling off my chair. <laughs> so, what? Um, and having the baby in the arm, you know, <laughs> I was like, okay, I wasn't at all expecting that. Um, but I had, I was really in a situation where I had somebody who supported that, who said, well, if we want to make things serious about like having the possibility to do both, and then, then we're going that way. And you have the track record, you have the results, you have the team, you have the client, off you go. And I was like, oh, crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and it, it took me a lot of time to think about whether I want to do that or not. Really. It's because it's not just the next promotion. It's not just the next step within a career. You are a partner. You are responsible. You are... Uh, owning the part of a firm, it, it's really not as just having a ticket for the next step on your career. And, um, and then I decided um, that I want to go there. And um, during that whole process where I was working part-time, 75%, um, I thought, oh, I'm competing. Like, I'm in course, I'm competing, even though it's not, not a real competition, but like results wise and like availability wise, I'm, comp I'm competing and running with people who are working hundred percent of the time, who maybe have a family, maybe have not, who are really um, like investing a lot of time, a lot of that private time as well. Um, and, and I was like, well, my, my case is not that good because I'm, you know, no, and I and I always wondered, and I think I was really getting on the nerves of my partner at that time. I was like, shouldn't I go one hundred percent? Shouldn't I put uh, all like all the all the good points on my side? Shouldn't I do that? And he was always saying, "It's your decision." And at one moment in time, um, he then told me, "You know, Melanie." Stop it. If they want to take things seriously, you have the results. You're absolutely valid to be here. And then I was like, all right. And actually, I got um, the information that I was accepted as a partner in the same week where I had uh, a positive pregnancy test for my second child. So this was awesome. high, <laughs> high on emotion, I can tell you. Double win. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, double, double win. And and I got a uh, um, I got a present from from our CEO. So um, he had sent out um, a bottle of champagne, and this was indeed the last alcohol I was drinking for for the next month ahead. Yeah. Awesome. So That's this was really my cool. way, but I. Um, 
I haven't asked myself um, whether this is suitable or not because I didn't, I really didn't want it to change company. I didn't want it to change industry. I really like my job. Really, <laughs> I do. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, um, you mentioned so many interesting points um, from, from your own story that, that just show what uh, has to change. Uh, and you probably do much more, but uh, I think it's 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 cool to just talk through it. So what what I what I heard on the one hand is um, you you put some time into your family, which makes absolute sense. You don't have to do it, but still having a little bit more time makes sense. Um, but you still didn't want to give up because you love your job and it's part of your identity. So you are not just a mother. You also um, have something else, which I think makes makes a lot of sense uh, generally that you can fulfill yourself outside of your family, which Uh, makes I think a whole relationship uh, also nice and more interesting and um, but you had someone who was supporting you and um, who was uh, even pushing you towards uh, accepting um, the role that you have and, and not having to adapt to the normal style of doing a career mm -hmm. and um, without that uh, probably things wouldn't wouldn't be that way maybe you would have changed to 100 percent or or whatever you know you don't what don't know what would have happened but mm -hmm. there was already a mindset shift apparently at least at the yeah. partner or at the whole partner level because they accepted you with a uh, part-time role as a full-time partner uh, or not a full-time partner as a partner basically an equity partner at your company mm -hmm. and um That mindset shift or cultural shift, however you want to call it, has to be there. Without that, you always, um, yeah, <laughs> you you either lose those women that would be a really good fit for your company, or you don't. Um, yeah, they they lose the fire of of being really into it. I would assume. Yeah, if, it is a question of do you walk the talk? Yeah, yeah exactly. Really. Ex It, exactly. it's just that and if you have people telling you oh we really want to have females and you well we don't get them well ask yourself what you're doing or what you're yeah. not doing and yeah. then you're i mean don't tell me there is no woman who wants to do the job don't tell me you have no women in your organization who has the potential yeah and and honestly i i think um consultancies in general who are able to make this switch and offer different career paths to this uh, to this highest level uh, that are really um, believable because some other people already went this way or they are supported hugely yes. if they are the first ones um, you will attract more women uh, also in the lower parts of your like yes. in the entry level so to say and I mean whoever I talk to in, in the consulting industry right now at least they say the same as you did We are constricted not in terms of growth, not by the new clients we can win, but by the uh, the talent we can attract. So if you're able to tap into this other 50% of uh, of talent pool that you're not fully capturing because you don't have the structures yet, mm -hmm. you are losing out midterm. And the companies that are able to do it, um, they are strategically winning and they will, they will basically uh, grow faster than you can. So it makes sense from a business point of view. Yeah. And uh, I also must say, I mean, we are we are a professional service firm, but not a consultancy. Um, we, um, but I'm super happy that we have uh, our a, a lot of mothers working with us part time, um, and I almost I always say it's like a mini MBA if once you have a family because you have to be so structured in your day to day that you keep on being self super efficient when you are working, and they are working fifty uh, or seventy percent, but they are like 
working of stuff in a in a pace and in a quality that I'm always amazed and I would never miss out on on that part and we are happy that we have um our our mothers and 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 women in our in our company um so I don't understand anyone who's not investing time and effort to to build up this and obviously you're responsible for this at your company um and and you invest also on a partner level heavily um and that's why I want what I want to go into uh, now with you so um what are the in germany now speaking about germany um what what are the top two three things that you are doing right now um or driving forward to um yeah to make it happen that more women can are attracted on the one hand but also can can live their whole work life uh, with you with family once that happens mm -hmm. so um as i'm responsible firm wide so and the the thing is that the whole like um the position of a female in society uh, and the female um in in work life is really depending on cultural aspects so this is a really country specific uh, local thing so we we do not have the same challenges in france as in germany we do not have the same challenges in germany as in sweden or in italy completely different volume so we thought about what what do we need to do we need to do like getting in terms of attracting females we need to go to the market and we need to do more We need to do more than legally required. We need to do more than our competition. So these are the two things. And um, in terms of this is attraction, in terms of retention, there is a part on it which is playing in there. But we need to enable that life cycle, that private life cycle. And um, if we consider, and you stated it a bit in terms of your working moms at your company who are working part-time. Um, unfortunately, if we look at Germany, really the major part of care work is still done by the women. I'm really looking forward things to change but because women are performing work for which they are not paid. Yeah, And, and this has really like societal impacts um, when you look at like really getting quickly in the structure, societal impacts when you look at the divorce rate of 47%, when you look at what is happening when women retire um, and, and their pension level and, and poverty in like later age. So this is this is really bad stuff yeah but so we need to accompany that and we need to think about how we do support family life yeah and then as we need to grow the pool of potentials potential females having the potential to be in a leadership position we need in the area of equity because the e in dei is for equity not for equality We need to enable them more. We need to accelerate their careers more and not accelerating them by a quota and saying, oh, we need to, they, she, she needs to go faster um, without having the comparable experience or being qualified or whatever. That's not where I'm into. But we need to have for them dedicated coaching, enable them more, bringing more people in a position to having the potential Um, and so this is this is the third layer. 
And when you look at those three layers of vectors, and as we are in a situation where challenge and context is really local, we went to define two firm-wide frameworks which outline a vision. I say, where do we want to be as a firm in terms of attraction, retention, and growth um, and coaching? And we did it a bit like you would do it as a European Union. European Union has directives. And then afterwards, every country is taking that in their proper legislation doing the amendments that they need to do in their specific country. And, and this is what we did for the frameworks and, and published them to the countries and requested every um, practice leadership team, including the HR leaders, to go for an assessment where they stand and to outline a roadmap how they can improve on that to, in the end, have um, the overall result of achieving our three KPIs that I just named before. So this is all getting into one thing at the end. And for sure, for every country, this is really specific. Yeah. What, what are the two frameworks that you um, One is called female acceleration. So this is all around like coaching, accelerating, qualifying better, quicker, and so on. And the other thing is called family supportiveness. Because I, I I named it like that because um, we always talked about family friendliness. And this is like, it is friendliness. It sounds for me always like a marketing of like a dog shelter. You know, we're not, this is not that you need to be friendly with like people having responsibilities in their family and taking care work, but you need to really support them. Not, not just accept and be nice but support. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I heard it for the first time and I, I think I interpreted it the right way and it sounds better than a friendliness. You want support when you have a family. And um, I would assume that it not only affects then the, the female part, but probably also the male part of your consultancy company because family yes. is like still um, men and women, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, and it will so be more nice. and more male. If you really, if you look into generations that it, that things are changing and I'm so happy about that. Yeah. I mean, me as well, I couldn't have the life I want to have if I wouldn't have a husband who is taking his stake in 50% of care work. Because if you, if you're running with a husband who would like that you iron his socks, I mean, you're, you're out there, you're not partner in, <laughs> in a management consultancy. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really nice. So um, talking about these two frameworks, how do you implement it in Germany? Or can you give us some hands-on examples so that we get some meat on the on the theory? Uh, well, maybe as a structure, uh, so to say, what we have already implemented um, in mm -hmm. terms of um, female acceleration is we have a women's network where we have in the different um, offices that we have organizations of active women who organize with external coaches sessions, who organize business-oriented networking. We do organize um, networking events as well with our female clients. So we really um, get into building up an ecosystem 
which is um, business driven, enabling and having like the, the networking aspect, which is a really, uh, which is prerogative for, for, um, for working in a consultancy, because you need to know who has expertise. You need to get things together and be seen and see others. So this is, this is what we do. Um, in in the offices and um, for our um, consultants and senior consultants, female, we have um, a Women at Bearing Point Leadership Program where they get throughout the year in deep dive sessions, always two days of intensive coaching, networking, and really as well personality building, soft skills, leadership building. So we build upon um, and so this is examples from the acceleration side. From um, family supportiveness, we are about uh, to build up. So we started that um, at the end of last year to have a forum uh, in the same way of that networking that we have for females, but here overall, not per office, to get a forum for um, uh, newly fathers, mothers who want to exchange on possibilities for part-time, where we can discuss needs for business travel breaks, where we can be maybe as well moderator in specific teams to enable those. Um, and really years ago, um, mothers and fathers in their role as mother and father we're not visible in the consulting industry. So it is like giving as well the self-confidence to be able to talk to your client and say, look, Friday, I'm not here. I'm not. Yeah. Or as well to not state, oh, I have to leave for a private uh, meeting. Uh, sorry. But to be able to sit there in a group of people and say, hey, I'm picking up my daughter at daycare. And that's it. If you want to tell me something, drop me a mail. Uh, I can. I might be able to respond after 9 um, p.m. if this is urgent. Otherwise, see me tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, and and this self confidence of being that this is normal um, is something which really starts being visible. In, in the different areas before you really, um, I'm leaving two um, days per week at 4.30 because I'm picking up my kids and I will stop the meeting and say, hey, you can ha have fun continuing discussing. I will pick up my kids. If there is something, drop me an email out there. And, 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 and this needs to be normal because we are all, I mean, we are just humans. We all at one time in life might have family. So 80% do. So this is, this is fact, but we need to do even more really. Yeah. It sounds, uh, it sounds like you're on the right track. And I think it makes, uh, on the one hand, it's nice to be at a company that thinks about that and, and drives things forward for families and women. But on the other hand, it will pay off financially as well. I'm pretty sure. It, it is a business case. I mean, we talk here, it, this all sounds nice and, uh, you know, and fluffy and so on. But what you really need to understand, it is a business case. It's about money. It is about growth. It's about sustainable growth. And it is about hard money. Because if you do invest money in your people, as we do, by the way, 
for five years, six years. And when they are mature to take over responsibility, you let them go because you cannot accompany their life as a father or a mother. Wow. The, the, the amount, if you would sum that up and, and put a price tag on that, I don't want to even see the amount because this is uh, shocking. That should be uh, slowly arriving, at least at the at the leaders of consulting companies that didn't realize it yet. Um, so, yeah, either you do it or you will lose out shares to competitors who know how to play the game and, and to change their own company to a company, women and families. Yeah. So thanks a lot for sharing that. I want to uh, switch topics a little bit now yeah. um, and, and ask the very open question. Um, like there are many consulting companies out there. Um, and uh, you have competitors doing business-wise more or less the same. Mm -hmm. um, so what sets Bearing Point apart from, from other consultancies? Hmm. Um, if I would lean myself out of the window, as you would say in German, um, I think, uh, no, I'm convinced it's our uh, entrepreneurial mindset. Or um, let, let's, if you frame it differently, People want to have an impact, notably people who work in consultancies. Um, and Bearing Point provides a playground for everybody to have an impact. And the impact is not only doing funny stuff within a company, but it is an impact which has a positive impact for our clients and thus for our business. Um, so if I look back on, on my career since I started in 2007, um, there was really one thing which was more or less sure. If you do have a good idea, you would usually not get a no. You would be more confronted with the fact, cool, you can do that. And then you're like, oh, okay. But this is like the, this is how um, we work together. Um, this is how, how open we can be for people having ideas and um, wanting as well to accomplish themselves in a certain environment. And um, if you look at it from a strategy point of view, the strategy has a word for that as well. Uh, in a strategy that we want to put innovation in everything we do, but which is more or less, we enable people having an impact and having a positive business impact above that and, and enlarging our portfolio and our services and our solutions for the client. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I understand what you're saying. Many other consulting companies are saying more or less the same. How are you putting that into practice? Um, maybe proof point. <laughs> so yes, I understand um, a lot of consultancies are saying that. And we as well cook only with water. Everybody does, by the way. Um, so what we've done so far is that indeed our employees have developed a range of IP products and assets, which have already generated a lot of additional business on top on our core uh, consulting services. Mm -hmm. um, to support that, we have in place a asset and innovation funnel where like all of our employees can bring in their ideas and, and they are helped to get them matured um, throughout the way until being like a service that is uh, able to be provided to a customer. And here we are not only talking asset in terms of service, but it could be a specific methodology, a specific expertise, a specific 
way of doing things, setting things up. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, and this could maybe be a differentiator to, to other consultancies, we have like every year a be an innovator campaign. Um, and here indeed, like everybody, really everybody, like even the trainee can, can pitch their ideas to solve a client's need or solve a bearing point need, no? bringing the company forward. And the best one, so here's really Shark Tank, the best one gets sponsorship in terms of um, support and, and in terms of budget to bring that idea to life. And this is this it's really fun and people like that. Can you can you give me a hands-on example of what came to life out of this um, Shark Tank um, sort of uh, of way of um, funding innovations? Yeah. I mean, for, for the Shark Tank, um, we are in, in the course, or I am actually involved as well in the course of, of one idea, which is um, a digital customer club where um, we can, on a very easy way, propose single services um, and forum and exchange to our customers um, in a, let's say, a modern uh, and, and, and virtual way. Um, so where we can uh, propose them networking events in the industry, where we can propose them uh, like on a click buy of uh, having a design thinking workshop, um, having a project assessment, um, having uh, like a, uh, you know, the, the, those single aspects where you wouldn't go and um, classically uh, go and do an RFP for having a consultant service, but having just, hey, I, in my project, I need to have a moderator. I need to have, I want to do a workshop with my team. I want to do this and that. Um, click here. Uh, you are our one of our premium customers. You have access to that. Click here. We know you. You know our people. We are coming. Yeah, those, those kind of things and having as well the networking aspect and bringing them um, for their industry, um, interesting content in a like premium environment uh, and then offline, no? non-virtual. Non, non and um, meet together with two other partners. Um, we are in the course of helping that one of my team members to, to bring that idea to life, which could be really cool. I'm looking forward. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I even might uh, have some input for uh, for that idea because that's one of the core things my company is doing. Um, nice. Building yeah. building basically communities um, that that help the members of the community is basically your target group, the people you mm -hmm. want to help or also say something to. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds like you you really want to help those people and not only selling something, but provide value through content and, and, and networking mm -hmm. opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I, I strongly believe that this is something that um, adds value for all parties. So that's pretty cool. Cool. Um, and so in your own team, when we talk about um, being entrepreneurial. So I understand there are company-wide initiatives and you can apply with your idea. And if it's good, it gets funded and supported by a partnership level. That's really good. Um, but there can be much more uh, than that. And I, I'm curious, how, how do you execute this entrepreneurial mindset in your own team? Mm. Um, 
Um, beside the fact that um, what I really support is uh, autonomy and um, coaching, I see my, myself more as a coach and enabler than as a hierarchical superior giving orders. So um, the people working in my projects and the people in my team, um, they have a huge uh, playground. I give, I give them. So uh, I know they will come when they need help. I will go and check in for them if they need help. So this is what is just like normal life being in my team. So this is not something which was implemented. This is how I understand how a team works. Um, on the other side, um, I'm focusing, and this is something I implemented um, two years ago, um, together with uh, another team lead that we look at our teams together um, and we really want to focus on the impact side so that every employee has the possibility to talk about what he or she wants to make as an impact. So once a year, at the end of the year, we sit down together um, and we walk through how we break down the strategy execution into our team and as well then the strategy of the industry we are in into our team, how this drills down. Um, because if you if you as an as a as a person want to understand how you can have an impact, you need to understand where like the bigger picture is, is going, right? So yeah. this is what we're doing. And then every team member. Um, focuses on, on him or herself, understanding what he or she has achieved throughout the year where he or she has developed, and then really discussing openly about his or her motivations, his or her weaknesses. Um, we really have like questions where we then go, okay, what, what do you really like? Where do you pull your pleasure out of your work? What do you want to do more? How is the pleasure that you experience? How can you bring that pleasure to others in, in showing them what is getting you that pleasure in what you're doing, right? Um, and what are things where you say, oh, I have never done that, but that's really what I want to experience. Yeah? And uh, I think for me, the key question is one thing, what would it take? What would it take for you to still be happy and accomplished within this team in three years from now? And then people start thinking, really start thinking. And, um, and you get surprising answers. You get concrete answers. Uh, and, and then you understand where he or she really wants to go. And you understand how you can prepare his or her ground to evolve and um, and uh, to uh, to make them retain, to make them stay. I really appreciate my team, and I um, if I lose an employee, it's always I don't take it that personal any longer as I did when I was younger. But I was really like, oh my god, heart attack, yeah. But it's it's still a loss, and in the end, I think people do leave because um, the company or me in person hasn't been able to propose what he or she wants as a next step. So there is a lack somewhere. And, and this is where I want to 
um, be more present and enable more through throughout this. And um, and what is great for um, for the team member is that then he or she can see from that strategic drill down hint it towards what he or she is actually aiming for and how this match together. And most of the time it matches really well. Um, but sometimes you see, oh, uh, there is something that I will not be able to propose in my projects. So what do we need to do? And then we go and say, okay, we need to sit down with another partner who is doing this specific area expertise project. And we need to talk to him or her how we can put that employee in a position that he or she is able. And, and this is how you make people stay in the end. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a total management framework, how you lead people that you just um, yeah, explained in, in, in a really um, understandable way. So I, in the end, it's like selling something. Uh, if you want to sell something to someone, you have to understand their needs and wants. Yeah. Uh, before you say, yeah, I have a solution. And in your case, you're selling a job. Um, in the end, it's selling a job uh, to keep people at your company. And you first have to understand what they want to offer them the job um, that they want so that they can stay. Um, it's quite simple when you think about it, but many companies don't do it. And I wouldn't say that it's necessarily because you you are female, but I think that you have a different view uh, when you have different kinds of people in leadership positions. And uh, this is definitely something that I didn't hear a lot from very red um, um, male leadership people that are more about well, if you want to become a partner, you have to put in the time and this is a job and just do it and execute and, and work as hard as possible. And I don't want to hear anything else. Um, that question, uh, when I was at Lisa Consultant, was not asked. Uh, wh where do you want to go and what? Because if they would have asked me, to be honest, I would have said, well, um, I want to become an entrepreneur. I want to like build something new. I want to have an impact. And um, and that's why I left uh, the consultancy in the end. And if they would have told me, well, Sammy, there is an option that you can go into this direction. Um, let's think about it. At least we would have talked about it. We didn't even talk about it. I just left. Yeah. Mm. So I, I understand the concept and it's super powerful and it's not hard to implement it in the end. Yeah. Well, it's hard afterwards to find the right solution. And in some cases you cannot provide. Well, that's, right that's life. You know, you yeah. cannot keep everyone because no. life changes and people yeah. have different interests. So that's normal. Yeah. You cannot have a hundred percent retention. That's impossible, but you can keep more people than you think if you go into this direction. And mm -hmm. if you see patterns, maybe. You even like out of consultancies, uh, thinking broadly about companies. Um, if you want to keep good people, you have to offer them opportunities to grow. Yeah. And sometimes sure. that means investing into areas that maybe are not the super core, but offer great opportunities um, for for people. And that could be like totally thinking out of the box, buying a company and 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 having like this hands-on management um, style of um, of of wanting something instead of being the consultant who's on the outside um, and having the ability to switch from uh, being a consultant to being someone who operates, which I heard of one consultancy, for example, doing. And there are many ways to execute this. But if you think about it, um, you cannot keep, keep everyone, but you can think differently once you know what people want. Yes, I mean, knowledge is key. But... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but don't understand me wrong it's um I, i'm throughout the course of my career i have gotten extremely red huh? 
I it's not about having here uh, holidays uh, on a pony farm. It's not about that. It is about achieving the results for my team, for the client, and aligned with the results that every employee wants to have. And seriously, the most of the time there is a fit. And maybe there is not a fit for my project and my client, but there is an overall fit in what we want to do in that strategy here. Yeah. So um, it is uh, it is not something that I do because I'm the most empathetic person on the world because I'm not ask my husband. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it is something where I want to have I want to talk on eye eye level with my team members. I don't want to have people who just like I I I feel um, uncomfortable. Uh, in yep. those situations, you know, I do that mm -hmm. for me as well. That's this is how I want to work, really. Well, it's much. It's also much nicer if you go into this direction, and it helps you so alleviate some stress nice. as a manager because you don't have to guess. You know, if you ask, yeah, and that's yeah. that's really powerful. I definitely also, when you told me about it, I definitely also have to do it more with my team. Sit down once a year, ask them where, where do you see yourself in three to five years? Uh, what are your goals? Is there a possibility within our company? Is it something that we can help you? Um, because in the end, you want to keep good people. It's always expensive and um, also kind of sad if you lose people that you like and that also uh, yeah. have a big impact on your company. But so, when um, I can give you a consulting advice, really use that magical question. What would it take? Because if you ask the people, where do you want to be in three to five years? They say, I don't know. On holidays? Don't know. So what's the full question? What would it take is the magic question to everything. What? what would it what would it take for you to be still accomplished and happy within that team in three three years? That's the magic Perfect. question. I'll use that. I'll give you feedback. Yeah, tell me. This question is a game changer. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, there are some um, also in terms of sales, I know these uh, key questions, uh, but I never used it in terms of leadership. So I'm happy for that one. I'm pretty sure that it will work. Um, we, we are already at the end of our of our time here. I um, talk covered... too much always. No, 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 no. Um, it, it, we, we covered really interesting topics from partnership at how is it to be a partner? How do you work as partners from why and how should you invest into uh, female leadership uh, or general uh, invest into the female part of your company and attract more female talent to um, how you operate on an entrepreneurial side at bearing point. Um, I have five rapid fire questions for you lined up at the end. Are you ready, Melanie? Ready. Perfect. So what do you do to keep body and mind fit and sharp? Okay. Um... Well, sports is uh, unfortunately low, low, uh, too time-consuming, actually. Um, so I went for high-intensity trainings. This one is uh, super fitting in every busy day-to-day um, uh, -day schedule, and um, which is really sport, is like preparing my kids for daycare in the morning. It is. And then I have the pleasure to be able to walk or bike to the office or to the client. Very good. Um, do you have a favorite business book? No. Next one. Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, no, neither. Um, and actually, um, maybe those questions, those two questions go together because I'm really a deep side addict. So this is what I read. I, I swear on it. And if you know the size of deep side, 
it is good that this journal is only coming out once a week because you need the entire week to read it through. Um, and I'm super a, a visual kind of person. I at least need to have seeing somebody talking to me or having a visual to it or being able to read it. So um, listening to podcasts or listening to, you have people that listen to books, would never be able to do that. Perfect. Um, who should be our next Leaders in Consulting podcast guest and why? Um, I would say Tijen uh, Onaran. I don't know if you know her. She's Munich-based. No. She's the founder of ACI Consulting, which is a consultancy uh, specialized in diversity consulting. Mm -hmm. and, and she is quite a powerful woman. Prepare yourself if you get her. She would be great. I would, I would try to get her on the show. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you know her personally? No, I'd unfortunately not. Every time I'm in the city center, I'm like, should I ring? Because I really want to meet her once. But I should, actually. I, I try to get it to the next Leaders in Consulting Meetup. We have one where you're also coming in, in March. Yeah. Um, so maybe she okay. wants to join us. Well. I yeah, ask try to. Try to. Um, and now you can directly address our audience. Is there anything we can help you with, Melanie? Oh, yes. For sure. So we are, I am, continuously looking to strengthen our BMW key account team. So if you out there have project experience as BMW, you like this client and you want to join an exceptional workplace, a really nice boss, drop me a message. LinkedIn is the channel. Perfect. So LinkedIn, quite simple. Melanie Tobler, T-O-B-L-E-R. You can find her there. Drop her a message. I hope you find uh, a few interesting people applying. Great. Would love to. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on our show. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to our show. You would really make my day if you leave us a rating on Apple or Spotify and subscribe to our podcast. If you are a consultancy leader and want to win more clients without spamming potential customers, I can show you how we help companies like Bearing Point and Econium Strategy do just that. Simply schedule a call with me, go to savu.io, S-A-W-O-O.io, click the strategy call button and pick a time that works best for you. Talk to you soon, your host Sammy.